Suspect listeners, thanks for tuning in. Um, Quick note for those that are listening with headphones on. I don't really know if this is playing in both of your headphones, but if it's not, I'm so sorry. I am still figuring out this whole microphone situation, and I am electronically not the smartest. So bear with me as I figure that out, but turn it up if you need to. I tried to turn the volume up a little bit, so hopefully that it would compensate out, but we shall see. Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman, now playing on Netflix and in select theaters, rated R. Sorry, guys, that I've been MIA for like two or three weeks now. I don't really remember how long it's been since I uploaded an episode last, but I I don't know. I have anxiety. (laughs) I don't know. It's a lot for me because if you guys know, like I still work full time, so I have to like find the time and like the energy to come on here and record. And even if I'm listening to like a bunch of crazy crime stuff throughout the week, like it still takes a lot to get on here and like talk through it all. And, you know, so I do apologize, but I promise to be more consistent and hoping to get more with the fucking program, I guess is the best way to put it. So I do apologize as well again because I told you guys that we were going to be doing the Sam Little case this week. And honestly, just with working and everything that's going on in the world and the fucking snow in Colorado... I just haven't had time to finish my notes on that, and I want to make sure that I'm very detailed and precise when I'm speaking on that case, so I'm never going to bring you guys any half-assed information, so that's on me. I'm sorry that Sam Little is not going to be this week again, but I promise that when I do bring that case to you guys that it's going to be very detailed to the point. We're going to rock through it, and it's just a long case, honestly. like It's a very in-depth case that... It's taking me time to do the notes on as well, just because it's so much. I hope everybody listening has been doing well, has been staying healthy, has been motivating themselves towards their goals, yada, yada, yada. We have some things that we need to talk about before we jump into the case today. As I'm sure a lot of you listening know, there's been a lot going on in the world. There's been a lot going on in specific cases that the entire world has been paying attention to. So we're going to talk a little bit of information on each of the cases that obviously are super important, but obviously cases that I've been spiraling over for like two fucking weeks. So we're going to talk a little bit in depth on those, not super in depth, and then we're going to go ahead and jump into the case and yeah, the Derek Chauvin trial, you guys know, I don't know if any of you have been keeping up with it, but it's been pretty intense. Um, I've been trying to keep up with it every day, and I wish I would have recorded some episodes like throughout the trial so that I could keep you guys updated as to what's going on. But the good news is there's a lot of videos, a lot of articles, a lot of information out there that if any of you are interested in listening to any witness testimony or anything going on in the courtroom, you can definitely find that on YouTube, any CNN articles. There's a lot of information out there that you guys will be able to find. I'm just going to give you basically the information that's been summed up to this point. 
Um, they did their closing arguments today in court. So we're going to talk about we're going to talk a little bit about the jurors um, and a little bit about the witnesses. But like I said, any other information that you guys are looking for, please go find this. I promise that you're able to find it. I just wanted to take a quick couple notes and make sure that we discuss this because I feel like it's definitely crucial to discuss with the podcast. Okay, so all the information that I'm going to be referencing pertaining to the Derek Chauvin trial is going to be from a CNN article that was posted literally like two hours ago. So today is April 19th, 2021. Go find the CNN article that was posted today, like two hours ago. So 7.30 p.m. You'll be able to find that. And it's basically a timeline of everything that's happened in the trial so far. But like I said, we're just going to be discussing basically what's happened a little bit up to this point and what's going to be happening from now on. Okay, so 14 jurors have heard evidence in the case for about nearly three weeks of the trial, but only 12 jurors are needed to decide the case conviction. The last two jurors that were selected, number 96, was a white woman in her 50s, and number 118 was a white woman in her 20s. They were both excused by the court, so they're not going to be serving on the juror trial at all for the conviction. So of the remaining jurors, two are in their 20s, three are in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, and one juror is in her 60s. Six are white, four are black, and two are multiracial, according to the information that was released by the court. The jury in Derek Chauvin's trial has heard from about 45 witnesses up to this point throughout the entire trial, and they were shown bystander and police footage of George Floyd's final moments. And so there's... So many different witnesses that these people have heard from the jurors, people in the court, you know, the judge. And it's kind of baffling, like the amount of different perspectives that they were able to gather from these witnesses. Like, I think that I read that they had a nine-year-old girl testify. They had like police experts testify, the medical examiner, the chief of police testified, like all these people that are of important notoriety testified as witnesses in this case, and they were all on the prosecution's side. So I do think that that is a little hopeful when it comes to conviction on this case. But we, again, shall see America. We don't know how that goes. So prosecutors called 38 witnesses to testify, including police use of force experts who criticized Chauvin and medical experts who explained how Floyd died. The defense called seven witnesses of their own, but not Chauvin himself because he invoked his Fifth Amendment right not to testify. The prosecution and defense presented closing arguments today. As I mentioned, today is April 19th, and now the jury has started their deliberations. They will remain sequestered for deliberations, and they're going to stay in a hotel tonight. Judge Peter Cahill told the jury, During your deliberations, you must not let bias, prejudice, passion, sympathy, or public opinion influence your decision. In closing arguments, the defense said that there was no evidence that Mr. Chauvin intentionally, purposely applied an unlawful force against George Floyd. The prosecution argued that Mr. Floyd is dead because Mr. Chauvin's heart was too small. So I'm sure, as most of you know, that if Chauvin is convicted, he could face up to 40 years in prison for second-degree murder, up to 25 years for third-degree murder, and up to 10 years for second-degree manslaughter. 
The charges are considered separate, so Chauvin would be convicted of all, some, or none of them. And like I mentioned earlier, I really, really do encourage you guys to go listen to some of these witness testimonies because you can find some. You can find the chief of police's, I think the medical examiner's, um, the police use of force expert or however they worded it earlier in the article, but you can go find all of those witness testimonies, um, whether it's an article or a video, I definitely encourage you to go check that out. They're definitely a lot more detailed when they're speaking and they have some powerful statements. So please, please, I encourage you to go listen to those, to go read those, yada, yada, yada. It's crucial. This is crazy. I know a lot of people are stressed about this. I know a lot of people are feeling very anxious as to what's going to happen, but I... I don't, I don't think there's any way that he doesn't get convicted, to be completely honest with you, just based off what we've seen when it comes to trial and what we've seen with the witnesses testifying and what they're saying word for word. So I do, I am hopeful that this turns out the way that I'm sure 90% of us are hoping and expecting it to, so... Fingers crossed. I will definitely keep you guys updated on the next episode. We'll have an update as to whatever's happened in the trial thus far. So stay tuned for that. I just wanted to give you guys a little hearsay on what happened so far and hearsay on what has happened up to today's point. So closing arguments were today. We will stay posted for any new information on the Chauvin trial. So the next thing I want to talk about, I, again... I'm sure a lot of you have heard about and I um I don't know like I I get really stressed out easily so reading this and hearing about this story really just like fucking stressed me out to be completely honest with you I um let's just talk about it so I'm sure most of you have heard about the Dante Wright situation so I have cross-referenced multiple articles tried to find a lot of information on this and I feel like as more time passes by news stations and people that post articles about this type of thing these type of things like kind of change their story a little bit so like what I read a week ago was completely different from what I read today and it's just it's baffling so again I'm always going to encourage you guys to go find your own information on this I'm just going to read you what I was able to find and what I noted down as to what was of some importance to discuss so Dante Wright was pulled over basically for having well they say in this article like I said in this article they're saying an expired license plate tag but in the first article I read and I think what his mom is saying is that he was pulled over for basically having an air freshener in his back window or in his rear mirror I'm not really 100% sure I'm sure a lot of you listening probably know more details on that than I do like I said both articles said two different things it's hard to tell People change shit up. I don't fucking know. Either way, at the end of the day, nobody deserves to lose their life over either situation. So it doesn't really fucking matter. I'm just telling you that those are both things that I did read. So basically, they pull him over for having an expired license plate tag or the air freshener. They then try to arrest him because they notice that he has an outstanding warrant after failing to appear in court on charges. He then flees from officers. Basically, he like breaks out of he wiggles out basically from their embrace and he tries to get back in the car and pull off. And one of the officers that was there, it was a white woman. She pulls out her gun and she yells taser, taser, taser. I'll tase you. And she shoots him. 
and then the car speeds off basically because he was in the car trying to pull off and he crashes and she was like holy shit i just shot him basically and you can see this all on the body foot um the body cam footage you guys can find this on youtube it's or on twitter so basically after this happens this dante Wright, he was 20 years old he dies and this is in minneapolis I think they said it was like 13 or so miles from where the George Floyd situation happened. After this happens, the police come out and say that she mixed up her taser for her gun. And um, I, I just don't even fucking know what to say about that. And like that's what's so baffling to me because it's just like, how do you do that? Like, as a veteran police officer, I don't care. Like, I understand that people make mistakes on a daily basis. I fuck up on a daily basis. But when you are a fucking veteran police officer, you do not get to make mistakes like this. I do not give a fuck. You don't get to do that. Little mistakes little mistakes like this that you would consider, you just cost a 20-year-old a father his life. That's not a little mistake. That's not a fucking mistake that a police officer that's been serving on the force for fucking 15 plus years should be making at all. That's not a mistake any police officer should be making because there's a complete weight difference in their taser and in their gun. If you've been serving in the force for 15 plus years and you've always kept your taser on the same side and you've always kept your gun on the same side, how the fuck would you switch those up? I'm confused. I don't know. Um, so Dante Wright obviously dies, unfortunately, so sad, of a gunshot wound to the chest, according to the medical examiner. And the officer who was responsible for this resigned on Tuesday, as did the city's police chief. And I have it all capital letters at the bottom of my notes. Police officers cannot make mistakes like this, and they cannot. I understand mistakes happen, but when you sign up to be a fucking police officer... People are expecting more out of you. And this is not a silly little fucking mistake that you can make. I've never fucking switched my gun and my taser up ever. I don't think anybody's ever done that. Not a normal civilian. So how the fuck did you do it when there's a complete weight difference? When your Glock is probably four times heavier than your taser is. So we'll wait for more information to be released on this. But I just wanted to give you guys that i don't know um if you guys have any information on this or find any more information than what's been released or what's been spoken about thus far please definitely send that to me i obviously would love to read it i am always open to new information and learning so whoever you are i don't i don't really care if you're a police officer if you're a normal person if you're just somebody that knows a lot about this please send me some information because i I'm always down to dive in and learn. So rest in peace to Dante Wright. And um, I will definitely be posting some information on Instagram and as well as in the episode description where you guys can donate to. So sorry to throw all of the heavy stuff at you guys right at the beginning of the episode. But because I haven't recorded in a couple weeks, I just felt like we needed to fucking put it all out in the open I guess I don't fucking know I don't like that made my chest heavy I had to take a little break after discussing all that just because it's a lot so I hope that all of you listening have been coping well with everything that's been going on and 
staying focused and just make sure you're fucking paying attention to everything that's going on. I guess would be my best advice to give you. Don't be distracted by anything that the world tries to throw at out you. Pay attention to everything that's going on in your state, in your city, in the people that you love, where they live. And make sure you're keeping them fucking updated on it. That's all I can fucking say. Actually, speaking of that, for all of my Jacksonville people listening, give me just a second. Let me pull up this article right here. So, Jacksonville, fucking Florida. Shout out to my home state. So, Jacksonville signs in an anti-riot bill into law today, and I know a lot of you listening maybe might not think that that affects you, especially if you're from the 904, you know, you don't really go to the riots, you just go to the normal protest, whatever. But um, I'll post this article description, in the or article link in the description as well, so that you guys can get every detail for this because it is a pretty lengthy article and I don't want to go through all of it. I just want to give you the quick basis of it, but make sure you check this out. If you're from the 904, Jacksonville, Florida, wherever in Florida, if you're listening to this, make make sure you go check out this link in the episode description so that you can be aware what's going on. And even if you are not somebody that participates in these events, make sure that that all the people that you know participate in these events are aware of this information just to be fucking sure. Just to be sure. We want to make sure that everybody is staying alive. That's all I can say. So let me see. Let me scroll down to the part of this article. So basically they passed this law for the anti-riots saying that police are in Florida Jacksonville, they are able to use different force when it comes to protests when they become violent. So like I said, I'll post that link in the description, but basically the synopsis is this proposal makes it a second degree felony to destroy, demolish, to destroy or demolish a memorial, a flag painting structure this law also threatens first amendment rights he said if 100 people are peacefully protesting and three people do something bad the other 97 are guilty of participating because they were there at the same time any other objects that represent historical people or events this would be punishable by or up to 10 years in prison the law strips local governments of civil liability protections if they interfere with law enforcement's efforts to respond to a violent protest and add language to state law that could force local governments to justify a reduction in law enforcement budgets. So basically, like I said, I'll post this link, but the synopsis of this is if you're rioting or protesting, let's just break it down on a real level. They're going to be able to handle you in a different way than they were legally allowed to before so anybody in the florida area jacksonville area any of the surrounding areas make sure that if you're out at a protest or any kind of riot that you're aware of this and you know that things might be a little more violent than what you've seen before that's what this is coming off as to me so either don't fucking go or be fucking prepared for that because that's what you need to be ready for. It's not just going to be some fucking tear gas or little rubber bullets anymore. It's going to be some real shit because they're allowed to respond to you now in a different way. So I just wanted to make sure that I mentioned this because 
I don't know if a lot of people in Jacksonville have seen this, one, but two, I want all of you to be aware and prepared of that. So go check this link out. I want you to read literally word for word everything this article because it's a lot more information than what I just mentioned. I literally just gave you the fucking bare minimum. But go read this entire article so you can see exactly what the law that they passed or what they're trying to pass has incorporated into it and what you could be arrested for and the consequences that you could serve for going to a peaceful protest and if other people decide to fucking act up not you but other people what you could be required to deal with check the episode description it will be there okay so today we're going to be talking about danny rolling i don't know if you guys know who that is by name per se but if any of you listening have watched any of the Scream movies, which I'm sure most of you have, that is who the Scream movies are based off of. So, Danny Rowling, Scream, that's a fucking crazy story. Let's jump into it. So, the information that I'm going to be giving you guys today, I'm going to be referencing from the true story behind the killer who inspired Scream which is a Tim Ott article on biography.com. And then also, of course, shout out to the best, Wikipedia and Murderpedia. Love you, especially you, Murderpedia. I can't even believe that's a thing sometimes. Like, I forget that Murderpedia is a whole-ass website, and that's just, that's the best. So in March 1994, a struggling actor and screenwriter named Kevin Williamson becomes obsessed with a news program about a drifter who had terrorized the town of Gainesville, Florida, with the murders of five college students over the span of three days in August of 1990. Shout out to Florida. Y'all are fucking wild. Gainesville's like an hour and a half max from my hometown. So it's just so crazy to talk about this case. And it's like also so crazy because one of my friends from my hometown texted me like, last week and they're like not really like the crime kind of person but they were listening or watching a crime documentary or some shit like that and they texted me and they were like i'm watching this crime documentary now on danny rolling and i was like that's so fucking crazy that's literally the next episode that i'm recording is on danny rolling so shout out to my florida people fuck the gators though go knolls <laughs> So Kevin Williamson is basically like super spooked by this crime story and he's like, what the fuck? He hammers out this screenplay for what becomes known as Scream, which most of you know, which is a very successful 1996 fright flick that was celebrated for its knowing winks at horror film tropes and breathing new life into the horror genre. As Kevin later recalls in The Making of a Serial Killer, the real story of the Gainesville murders, Danny Rowling endured the sort of horrendous childhood that made him ripe to emerge as a menace to society. So let's talk about Danny, Danny boy. Danny was born in Shreveport, Louisiana. His father was a police officer named James Rowling who told Danny that he was unwanted from birth and abused his mother Claudia and his brother Kevin. In one incident, Danny's mother goes to the hospital after claiming her husband tried to make her cut herself with a razor blade. She made repeated attempts to leave her husband, but she always went back. In one example of his father's sense of discipline, he pins Danny to the ground, he handcuffs him, then had police take away his son because he was embarrassed by him. 
which is just like so fucking mortifying and just like what a fucking absolute ego and like sense of like control and like power like Danny turns to art and music for comfort his Christmas gift was a guitar at the age of 15 proves to be one of his happiest memories from his youngest years with attempts at suicide that failed to bring him an escape as a teenager and a young adult, Danny was arrested several times for multiple robberies in Georgia, and he was caught spying on women getting dressed. Danny is kicked out of the Air Force in 1972 after basically getting caught for a drug possession. He goes on to live with his grandfather, and for a time, he finds some stability through his church. He also recalls the early years as a time where he developed multiple personalities. He marries a woman named Omather Halko, who he has a daughter with, but eventually he drives her away, basically giving her the same type of abuse that had been prevalent to him in his own childhood home. After harboring a habit for voyeurism and plagued by disturbing visions, Danny takes a turn for the worse after the divorce. He raped a woman who resembled his ex-wife and embarks on several different armed robberies through the South, leading to his incarceration in Jackson, Georgia in 1979. In the 1980s, basically just brought a lot of the more same shit here for Danny Boy. He was in and out of jail in Alabama and Mississippi for armed robbery. His time in between jail was spent traveling the country stealing and occasionally forcing himself on women you know the fucking day-to-day and men i don't fucking know bro that's sick danny has trouble trying to assimilate into society and hold down a steady job at one point he works as a waiter at poncho's restaurant in shrevenport in november 1989 danny was fired from his job at the restaurant that same fucking night this motherfucker broke into a home to murder 24 year old julie grissom her eight year old nephew eight years old eight years how the fuck do you murder a child like i think that like okay obviously i think anybody that like murders or like is like super violent like this is like fucked up anyway on another level but like to fuck with a child in any way like I work with kids, so maybe I just feel different about this, but I cannot fucking... That makes me sick to my stomach. That makes me sick to my stomach to know that this little eight-year-old boy lost his life because of this sick motherfucker. (sighs) Anyway, that same night, he breaks into a home to murder 24-year-old Julie Grissom, her eight-year-old nephew, Sean, and her 55-year-old father, Tom. Julie was found with bite marks and her body was arranged with her legs spread on her bed. The following May, Danny gets into one final argument with his father. This time, he pulls a gun out and he shoots James, his father, in the stomach and in his head. His father survives but loses the use of an eye and an ear before fleeing to Kansas and Florida and eventually arriving in Gainesville. Danny, that is. In 1990, Danny sets up a campsite in a wooded area behind the woods of the University of Florida. Chomp chomp. Rowling embarked on his murder spree as students began the fall semester. 
In August 1990, Danny murdered five students, one student from Santa Fe College, which is like the community college there for those of you in like Tallahassee, that's like the TTC version of FSU. So one student from Santa Fe College and four from the University of Florida during a burglary and robbery spree in Gainesville. He mutilated his victims' bodies, decapitating one. He then posts them, sometimes using mirrors. In the early morning hours of Friday, August 24th, Danny breaks into the apartment that was shared by 17-year-old university freshman Sonia Larson and Christina Powell. He finds Christina asleep on the downstairs couch. He stands over her briefly, but he doesn't wake her up. Choosing instead to explore the upstairs bedroom where Sonia was also asleep. Danny murdered Sonia, first taping her mouth shut to stifle her screams and then stabbing her to death. She died while she was trying to fend him off. Danny then goes back downstairs. He tapes Christina's mouth shut, bounds her wrists together behind her back, and threatens her with a knife as he cut her clothes off of her. He then rapes her, forces her face down onto the floor where he stabbed her five times in the back. He then poses the bodies in sexually provocative positions. And then, this motherfucker decides that he's going to take a shower before he leaves the apartment after he just brutally murdered the fuck out of these two young girls. 17 years old. Let me just take a quick shower. Let me Let me just get this blood off me. You fucking sick fuck. Like... <sighs> A day later, on August 25th, Saturday, Danny breaks into the apartment of 18-year-old Krista Hoyt. He pries open a sliding glass door with a knife and a screwdriver. He discovers, basically, that Krista's not home. He waits in the living room for her to return. At 11 a.m., Christina comes home. She enters her apartment, and Danny surprises her from behind, placing her in a chokehold. After she had been taken control of, subdued, he taped her mouth shut, bounds her wrists together, and leads her into the bedroom, where he cuts the clothes from her body and rapes her. As in the previous murder with Christina Powell, he forces her face down and he stabs her in the back, rupturing her heart. He then decapitates the body and posts her head on a shelf facing the corpse, adding to the shock of whoever discovered her. Which is just, like, sick. Like, this motherfucker's playing around at this point. Like, he is getting a thrill out of this. Like, he... I don't know. I don't fucking know. So, by now, the murders had attracted widespread media attention, and many students were taking extra precautions throughout campus, such as changing their daily routines and sleeping together in groups. Because the spree was happening so early in the fall semester, some of the students actually withdraw their enrollment and they transfer to other schools, which is just like me all day. If I was in a college and this was happening, like, no, I got to fucking go. I'm not taking any risk. No risk. No risk. No regrets. Tracy Pauls, who was 23 years old, was living with Manny Tabadoa, also 23, who was her roommate. The same tools. And he finds... Taboa asleep in one of the bedrooms and after a struggle with the young man eventually kills him hearing the commotion on monday august 27th danny breaks into the apartment by again 
prying open the sliding glass door with the Tracy goes down the hall to Manny's bedroom to check on him and she sees Danny. She attempts to barricade herself in her bedroom, but Danny breaks in through the door. He tapes her mouth and her wrist, cuts off her clothing, rapes her before turning her over and stabbing her three times in the back. Rolling posed Tracy's body, but left Manny's body in the same position, which he had died. And later, like, they talk about this, but they think that Manny basically just caught him off guard. They don't think that he was obviously planning to kill, like, to kill a male. He had only been killing women up to this point, but Manny just caught him off guard, which is why that Manny was not posed, essentially. So Danny basically skips town, and a local task force was assembled to calm the frantic community and try and help find answers to what the fuck was going on. Authorities zeroed in on a prime suspect who was a UF student. His name was Edward Humphrey. And he lived in the same complex as two of the victims and exhibited erratic behavior at one point. He had got arrested for, I guess, hitting his grandmother. So basically this Edward guy was super ideal for an image for their investigation. He had scars all over his face from a car accident. He had a history of mental illness been arrested for this domestic situation with his grandmother so this is just in their mind police are painting this out to be their fucking guy but it's soon revealed that edward was just battling manic depression with zero evidence connecting him to the murders at all the task force was back to their drawing board on september 7th 1990 danny robs a Dixie grocery store at gunpoint in ocala florida and he's arrested after he's crashing the getaway car in the course of that investigation his tools were matched to the marks left at the gainesville murder scenes authorities also use a tooth extracted from danny and they linked him to the dna evidence at the gainesville crime scenes the little small one-man camp where the little creep was hanging out in the woods behind UF. Investigators also discover audio diaries that he had made alluding to the crimes. Already facing multiple life sentences for his various armed robberies, Danny was formally charged with the murders of the five Gainesville students in June of 1992. Around the same time, Danny begins corresponding with a journalist whose name is Sandra London who would eventually become his fiance and help him put together the making of a serial killer and while Danny had pleaded not guilty he used his fellow inmate Bobby Lewis as his mouthpiece to confess to the murders Danny was brought to trial by Lucia County State Attorney Len Register nearly four years after the murders he claimed his motive was to become a superstar similar to Ted Bundy Ugh, which just makes me like want to fucking throw up Danny shut up Danny Ted Bundy was not a fucking superstar he was a psychopath like <sighs> what's cute about being a psychopath that's what I want to know in February 1994 just before the start of his trial Danny abruptly changes his plea to guilty which is just like of course you did you motherfucker you knew that there was no way that you were going to get off for this the evidence was baffling it was not circumstantial in any perspective of course you change your plea to guilty fucking danny state attorney rod smith presented the penalty phase of the prosecution to determine the sentence jurors listened to testimony from his mother who recounted the abuse 
that Danny had received at the hands of his father. During his trial, Court TV conducted an interview with Danny's mother from her house, during which his father could be heard shouting off camera while they were recording. During the trial, jurors also heard from a psychiatrist who described an alternate personality of Danny's named Gemini, who drove him to his sadistic acts. Two other psychiatrists also testified that a severe personality disorder was in play, but stated their belief that Danny understood the magnitude of his crimes. The jury unanimously found Danny guilty of first-degree murder on all five counts in late March. And a month later, on April 20th, 1994, he was sentenced to death. Danny was diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder, borderline personality disorder, and paraphilia. Which, obviously, we all know what that is. So he's just he's a little bit of a sicko. I don't care. I'm sorry that this is all awful. But anybody that wants to harm children, I just have no respect for. Like, I don't care. Like, I love kids. Anybody that wants to hurt children, like, you are disgusting and, like, the worst possible human that could exist to me in my mind after danny's arrested the police in louisiana alert authorities in florida to an unsolved triple murder in shrevenport on november 4th 1989 detectives noted that there were similarities between the gainesville murders and those of the family the family had been attacked in their home as they were preparing for dinner Shortly before he was executed in Florida for the series of the killings in Gainesville, Danny claimed responsibility for the Shreven Point murders. Handing his spiritual advisor, Reverend Mike Hudspeth, and Florida police a handwritten confession and apology. On October 25, 2006, Danny is executed by lethal injection at Florida State Prison after the U.S. Supreme Court rejected a last-ditch appeal. Danny had a last meal of lobster tail. He sang gospel hymns and with the lyrics, None the greater than thee, O Lord, none the greater than thee. Danny made no statement immediately before his execution, which was witnessed by many of his victims' relatives. 47 people crammed into this witness room to watch. He was pronounced dead at 6.13 p.m. on October 25th, 2006. And that is the case of Danny Rowling. And I honestly didn't know, like, I, I think I watched the Scream movies before I, like, knew that this was actually based off of somebody. So, pretty crazy. You guys definitely go find more information on this and find some documentaries to watch on this because that's fucking wild. This literally happened an hour and a half from where I grew up. So, before I was born, obviously, but wild. Danny Rowling. Scream. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode, episode 16 of Suspect. If you've been here for 16 episodes, I fucking appreciate the fuck out of you. I promise I'm learning every episode more and more. So I hope to keep bringing you guys good content. I hope to keep learning and growing with you guys as well. And if you guys haven't checked out the merch yet, please go do that. It's on suspectpodcast.com. There's t-shirts, beanies, stickers, all kinds of stuff that you guys are able to go on there in lots of different colors. So it's not just specific to one color, two colors. There's like five or six for each item. So definitely a variety for you guys to pick from. I'm shipping some orders out this week. I've been shipping them out. A lot of people have already gotten their orders and... 
loving the feedback so thank you to everybody who's already ordered merch or who has plans to I definitely appreciate you I'm hoping to get some I don't know I'm thinking I might maybe doing a different design I'm not there yet because we just started but maybe in a month or two two or three months yada yada we'll do a different design we'll see send me any design ideas that you guys have but please go check out the website it's pretty cheap for the merch on there so if you're able to support in any way i would definitely appreciate the fuck out of you i want this to be my business and something that i'm able to work on every day not just when i'm not tired please support if you're able to i appreciate you guys if you're able to leave a review on itunes it literally takes two seconds go drop a five stars Tell me I'm awesome. Tell me what you think about the podcast. I don't know. Whatever the fuck you want. Tell me Tell me about your day on there. I don't care. Just go leave a review. I would definitely appreciate you guys that. I would definitely appreciate that. It helps way more than you guys think with the reviews on iTunes. So thank you to anyone who's already done that. I really, really appreciate it. And to all the people that are just so nice to me and reach out and tell me that they're proud of me and to keep striving and keep pushing and keep recording thank you because sometimes I need to hear stuff like that when I've just been having like you know a rough day or a long day it's really really encouraging to hear stuff like that and it puts me in a different mindset so if you're one of those people that have done that I really really appreciate you so much to anybody listening thank you for tuning in thank you for listening to me ramble um it's fucking snowing outside in Colorado right now, you guys. I can't see on my window because I have my blinds closed, but I know it looks like a fucking mess outside, and I'm not I'm not happy about it. <laughs> I'm not happy about it. I am, like, done with the snow, you guys. I'm done with it. It's not that bad. I'm getting used to it, but I'm, like, I'm such a Florida girl. Like, I don't know. It's tough. That That's what I'm dealing with this week. I got to deal up. I got to deal with that tomorrow while I drive to work. So I'm not looking forward to that. But thank you guys for listening. Please continue to be nice to each other. Please continue to stick up for people. Please continue to be healthy. Those are always going to be. I feel like that's been my three pieces of advice when I'm ending the podcast for like the last year. But it's fucking crucial to say just be fucking nice and be healthy. Be nice, be healthy, be nice, be healthy, be nice, be healthy. I'll make a remix to that. If you guys have any case suggestions, please drop them over at the Instagram. Please send them over to the podcast email, suspectpodcast1 at gmail.com, and we will definitely check those out. Any crazy stories, send those over as well. I'd love to read them on here. Thank you guys so much, seriously, for listening. I seriously love all of you who have gotten to this point of the podcast. I know I've just been rambling for a couple minutes now. So I love you guys. We are almost to May. It's almost summer. All my ladies, 